Hello and welcome to another jam-packed episode of We Love Books, the show where we absolutely love kids' books and we know you do too. On today's show, we have fantastic reading recommendations from our CBI book doctor, Anne, for kids who enjoy classic literature. Our featured author, Pora Kenny, who wrote the books Tin and Pog, tells us what the secret is to writing a book really fast. But first, let's hear what some of you guys are reading right now. My name is Chateau and I'm reading Henry's Space. Because it's kind of interesting. My name is Emma, and I'm reading Jacqueline Watson, Vicky Angel. So there's two girls, Jade and Vicky, and they're best friends, and they always stick together since they were really young, like four. And, well, Vicky, around and apart, Vicky dies in it. And Jade can only see Vicky, and she can hear her. And and Vicky doesn't want Jade to... um, Jade to make new friends, and if Jade wants to go somewhere, Vicky makes her say no, or Vicky will go up to heaven. Well, I like it because sometimes Jacqueline Wilson don't really have any pictures, and in this one, it doesn't really have any pictures, and I like to visualize what I like to see. So since in here, um, Jade lives in a little flat, I like to visualize that it's like a little small flat, and like it's very cramped. This book is for like maybe eight and a half and up to whatever age you really want to be. My name is Zach and I'm reading Howard Henry's Revenge. So in it, it's like Henry tells Peter that there's like fairies in all when he was up in a tree. And then like the part what I was reading there in class, it was about people like bringing their kids to work day. The boss's dad's son, his name is Bossy Bill, and then he's getting Henry to do stuff, but he thinks, the dad and all thinks that Bossy Bill is, like, all, like, good. And then Bossy Bill tells Henry to do stuff, and Bossy Bill says to his dad that um, Henry did it, but Henry keeps saying that it wasn't, but it was really Bossy Bill. It's very, like, interesting and... It's very, it's like fun. We Love Books, it's time for We Love Reviews. Today, twin sisters Isolt and Elena Murphy tell us what books they read. Our first review comes from Elena and she read John Boyne's book, My Brother's Name is Jessica. My name is Elena and today I will be reviewing My Brother's Name is Jessica by John Boyne. The main character of this book is a boy called Sam Waver. His sister's name is Jessica. Formerly her name was Jason. Their mum is called Deborah Waver and aims to become president. Their dad tries to win her votes throughout the story. The story tells of the struggles that Jessica goes through in order for people to accept her as a girl. She has the appearance of a boy so everybody thought she was one. Sam does not understand what his sister is going through because he always thought of her as his older brother and finds it hard to think of her in any other way. I liked this story because it was good and entertaining. My favourite part is the happy ending but I won't give spoilers. I recommend this story if you want to read about the subject or just want something good to read. Thanks Elena. Isolt has read I Cosmo for us. 
It's by Carly Sorosiak and it's about one dog's attempt to save his family. My name is Lisot and today I will be reviewing iCosmo by Carly Sorosiak. Alright, I am not here to give spoilers, so I'll stick to the basic summary. Here we go. Cosmo and Max are well inseparable, except when Max is at school, but that doesn't really count. Cosmo's 13 human years, 82 dog years, and Max is 12. Max has a sister, Amelia, and they have mom and dad. Mom and dad have started fighting, which worries Cosmo. Then Max has a plan to make sure that he and Cosmo are not separated. There is a dog-human dancing competition where the winner gets to be an extra in a new film. So I'll let you find out the rest for yourself. I like dancing dogs and this is the perfect book for you if you like those as well. Hope my review was helpful. Bye! Now on We Love Books, it's time to meet our featured author. Porik Kenny has written two books, Tin and Pog, which were both published to great acclaim. And you're in luck because he's releasing book number three, The Monsters of Rookhaven, this September, and it looks fantastic. He reveals the secret to writing a book very, very fast. And he talks about why he wants to make you cry. (laughs) So, Pog Pog. is book number two. And you wrote them in very quick succession, Tin and then Pog. How long does it take to write a book? Uh, some writers hate me for this. Um, but usually it takes me two to three months to write a first draft. What? And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's... Okay. Because I, I, I'm really disciplined. So I, I sit down in the morning at 10 o'clock, a bit late starting, but there you go. And I try and do a, a normal working day and try and maybe get in 3,000 words if I can. And that's, that's my, possibly my max. And then my bare minimum is 1,200. So that's that's the secret to writing a book really quickly is to do five day weeks over the course of two, three months and you're you're sorted. And it works for me, you know, so it's great. And do you take a lunch break like a normal day? Uh, or do you go straight through? Plenty of breaks for biscuits and <laughs> stuff like that, yeah. Um, so biscuits are a really important part of writing. Very important, yes. Okay. <laughs> um, so and I, tried to, I tried to, like I'll, I'll take a break around lunchtime. Um, like I said, it's like a normal working day. But I, I try and do as much as I can in the space of a day. And um, what do you like most about being a writer? Um, that's a really, that's a really hard question. Nasty question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't, I, I, I like it when you start writing the book first and it's like you're turning a, a daydream into some kind of reality and the characters almost start talking to you and they become real for you. And there's. That that's really exciting, and it's it's almost and stuff happens in the course of a book that you would never have imagined happening, and that that's really exciting when that happens when a character does something that you weren't expecting or says something you weren't expecting. It's almost like they're not part of you. That's that for me is possibly my favorite part of it, and then the trickier stuff follows after that, editing and making it a bit better, and that's that's good fun too. But I think initially it's the writing of it. The first draft, the excitement of that, it's great. It just gives me a buzz and a rush. And do you have a plan when you start or do you let <clears throat> it take you where it's going to go? Uh, I tend not to plan. Uh, I have 
like I'll have a, a vague idea of four or five major scenes. And if those four or five major scenes get me excited, make me cry, make me laugh, then I know I, I have something and I try and write to them. They're like destinations you're trying to get reach. Um, so I do that. But with my new book, I have another book coming out next year. I actually had to sit down and do a plan. Um, and I'm, I'm always worried if you write a plan, you lose all the kind of spontaneity and the fun of finding out what the book is about. But it, it actually worked this time. So you never know. I might in the future just keep doing plans. Yeah. <laughs> it it kind of it did make it easier. Um, and it still was fun. So that's good. So to go back to Pog, if you were to describe Pog for readers who maybe haven't had a chance to read it yet, like a little description of what it's about, what would you say? Because it's quite a unique premise. Um, it's about... Uh, a family who moves to a big ramshackle house in the woods there's a, a boy and a girl brother and sister and their father and they've recently lost their mother uh, what they don't know is there's a small furry creature living in the attic and he guards a magic portal and through the magic portal monsters are trying to get through so he, he with the help of the boy and the girl he he fights these monsters I saw on the back of the book that it it had the book described in three words what three words would you use to describe the book? The back of the book says family, fantasy and heart. What would, words would you use? Yeah, I hate my publisher for that now because you <laughs> picked the exact right words <laughs> yeah. that I would use. Uh, so family, I think, is a really important thing. I'd use family because family is always an important part of my of my books. Whatever I'm writing about, I always seem to be writing about families. Oh, I don't want to get too negative or too deep about it. Uh, not negative about it, but uh, one of the important things in the book is, is grief and how people come to terms with grief. Um, so grief is part of family grief but there's also adventurous aspects you know so there's adventure excitement Uh, and some people have come to me and have said uh, it's funny in certain parts as well which is great so humour fantasy family grief that's four I'm cheating sorry (laughs) it's okay it's a book show not a math show it's the right words (laughs) you're fine Uh, one thing I loved was how you dealt with the sadness and the grief and sometimes maybe it's hard for people to deal with grief or they don't know how to approach it but you immerse people in it and it's beautiful even from the very very first the prologue I I cried at the prologue because it was just gorgeous yes you made me cry do you pick big topics like that purposely or does that come out organically Uh, it I think it's organic really because it's it's whatever moves me because if I if I read something that makes me cry I tend to want to well if I could write something uh, that would make other people cry or make them laugh make them happy get them excited that's what, what I'm about as a writer you know so it has to move me in, in some ways so in, in this case it moved the idea of a family coming to terms with grief and and Pog himself as well coming to terms with grief that moved me so you kind of explore that but you do it through an adventure um, so it's not just uh, it's not just depressing or or dour or or, or that. It's 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 got something else to it, and it, and it, and it has to be positive as well. But when you come to the end of it, I think it's important if you're writing for a reader and you write them with grief to to bring some light into it. And that's why I hope to do in it. And I like making people cry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like making adults adults cry and make it, making children cry. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> you make everyone cry. Yeah, that's what it's about. Uh, I think really for for you as a writer, you you're trying to reach your readers. You're trying to move them and you're trying to get a, 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 an emotional reaction from them from them and as a reader myself I like to react emotionally to books because I feel then I've I've connected with someone or something connected with the writer connected with the characters and that's that's really very very important for stories for me anyway 
do you connect with him straight away I think because he's so sweet and he's so sincere and he's a little furry dude yeah <laughs> and, dude. and that was funny because um, what people have come up to me and said we love Pog he's really sweet and lovely and, and whatever and I kind of uh, I don't know I, I see him I don't not see him differently but I was surprised by uh, how how big the reaction was people had to him you know um, it's like having a child and <laughs> who, and and you're you, well used to your child and you know your child is this that and you know they're a good child and then the child goes out in the world and people say oh your child is wonderful and marvellous and we love him and <laughs> it's uh, uh, it, it's nice that people react that way you know because then then I know as a writer well hopefully I've I, it's been a success me writing the character because for me it's all about characters and getting people to connect to characters. And where did you get the idea for the character of Pog? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> it's really weird. It, of all the aspects of the book, it's the one thing that just came out of nowhere, popped into my head because I had an idea uh, about a family who were grief stricken and were going to move to a big house in the middle of nowhere and I had it for years and I didn't know how to write about it. Uh, and I had an idea for a villain and I had nothing to tie them all together and then one day Pog just popped into my head and it was perfect and once he became friends with the children it all just kind of started to fall together you know so he just came out of nowhere I'm just blessed that he did sometimes that happens and you're you're lucky and when you were a kid yourself what <coughs> books do you remember really enjoying? I loved uh the Wind and the Willows, which I, I must have read four or five times. <laughs> it's a great one, isn't it? Just beautifully written. Yeah. Characters are great. Uh, I just love the whole vibe and atmosphere of it. And of course, there was conventional things like The Hobbit. I read, loved The Hobbit. I was a big fan of um, Doctor Who. still am. And I used to read Doctor Who novelizations, And they were just great for pure adventure. And of course, I read The Famous Five. Great. Five Go Off them. in a Caravan was <laughs> one of my all-time favourites. It was just... <laughs> I just, you know, the, you just stuff that was just pure story, uh, and things like the three investigators, which were allegedly written by Alfred Hitchcock, but but weren't really. They were like, yeah, they were like the Hardy Boys, but they were cooler, and they had a great den in this uh, in this uh, big dump somewhere in this American town, and it was just they were just fantastic. Do you have a favorite memory of reading, or just a memory that means something to you when you were a child of reading? Um, I have a weird one. It, the Wombles go round the world. It's very important because I was reading The Wombles Go Around the World once out in my parents' backyard one summer. I was nine or ten, I think. And, you know, when you're reading a book sometimes <clears throat> and everything just felt right. And I thought, oh, I'm really loving this book. I'm loving my surroundings. And it's just the perfect combination of, of everything. You know, it was just nice and pleasant, you know, and, and reading should be a pleasant and, and enjoyable experience. And I think, yeah, it was just, I don't know. And the one will go around the world isn't the greatest book <laughs> ever. <laughs> it was just a lovely, lovely experience, you know. Yeah. Um, I do remember as well <clears throat> having a very vivid experience of reading uh, the book, a book called The Muddle-Headed Wombat. I've never heard of it. Yeah. It's a wonderful title. <laughs> written by uh, Australian writer Ruth Park. And uh, there were a series of books that were very popular in Australia. And I remember reading this, The Muddle-Headed Wombat, and crying at the end of it. That was probably the spark for me wanting to write books myself that would make other people cry or or move them you know funny funny enough and did you always want to be a writer yeah always I always had this problem <laughs> <laughs> I could never I was born this way and I'm stuck <laughs> um, 
I don't know why I yeah I, I always did don't think there was ever anything else I was interested in I mean I, there was things I tried like journalism and stuff like that but for me it was all about writing books and, and stuff like that and finally what is the one piece of <coughs> advice you would give to someone at home listening who's in school and who would love to be a writer don't make the mistakes I made and start writing a book and think oh this is too hard and I, I'm not good enough and then stop doing it for 10-12 years um, instead keep at it because the more you do it the better you get at it and and also have fun with it because that's a really important thing you have to be enjoying yourself when you're doing it that's why I do it because I, I, I just love it it's fun you know it's better than reality um, so much more fun and more interesting Now on We Love Books, the clinic is open and it's time to check in with our CBI book doctor, Anne. Looking for a reading prescription today is Ray, who has a penchant for Pride and Prejudice. My name is Ray and I'm nine. Right now I'm reading Pride and Prejudice because my mum recommended it to me. I like it because it's challenging and um, I like all sorts of old-fashioned books because sometimes you can learn lessons from them and then just ordinary fiction books you won't really. I like classic books, books that were written a long time ago. I kind of like all sorts of books. I like books that have lots of characters instead of just one main character. I like books that, that it doesn't matter. It's both boys and girls in the middle of the story. My hobby is Egyptology. I don't have a favourite author. So, Doc, what should I read next? Hello, Ray. It's no secret why classic books have been around for a long time. They're simply great stories. You can read more Jane Austen novels, of course, particularly Emma and Sense and Sensibility. I know you'll also love reading a new book called The Austen Girls by Lucy Worldsley. It's based on the lives of two of Jane Austen's nieces, Anna and Fanny, as they go about their daily lives, doing their chores, attending their first ball, following the serious business of securing a suitable husband. It's a witty read and a great way to find out more about Jane Austen and her world. If you want to read more classic books, you've a lot of enjoyable reading ahead, like Little Women by Louisa M. Alcott. You've probably also heard of L. M. Montgomery's Anne of Green Gables series about an orphan, Anne Shirley, who is mistakenly sent to a middle-aged brother and sister who had hoped to adopt a boy to help on their farm. I would also recommend Black Beauty, an exciting and sometimes harrowing story of life experienced through the eyes of a horse. And if you want a lighter, funnier classic read, try Five Children and It by Edith Nesbitt. Originally published in 1902, it features five children and a samiad or sand fairy that can grant wishes, but the effects only last from sunrise to sunset. Probably just as well as all the children's wishes go comically wrong. It can be interesting to read books that are written now but set in the past, and there are fantastic Irish writers creating exciting historical fiction at the moment. So here's a few names to look out for Nicola Pierce, Brian Gallagher, Sheena Wilkinson, Ethna Massey, Anna Carey, who have all written about subjects as varied as the Titanic. Dublin during the lockout, the 1916 Rising, the Battle of Clontarf, the Suffragette Movement. And one of my favourites, Race the Atlantic Wind 
by Oshin McGann, the thrilling story of Alcock and Brown and the race to be the first to fly non-stop across the Atlantic. The mixture of historical and fictional characters works really well and the story is told through the eyes of 16-year-old Maggie McCrory. Egyptology must be very interesting, right? And there are excellent non-fiction books in libraries on that topic. If you'd like to read about ancient Egypt as a backdrop to a fictional story, try The Cain Chronicles, an adventure series by Rick Reardon, where ancient Egyptian gods and goddesses interact with the modern world. Or for something with less of a fantasy element, read The Scribes of Alexandria by Caroline Lawrence, part of her Roman mystery series set during the reign of Titus in Roman-occupied Egypt. Finally, Ray, I'd like to leave you with a recommendation for a book that may well become a modern classic. It's called The Girl of Ink and Stars by Kieran Millwood Hargrave. There are themes of friendship and discovery as Isabella volunteers to use her knowledge of ancient maps to find her best friend Lupa, who has disappeared into a forbidden forest. And it is every bit as beautifully written as the older classics. Thanks, Book Doctor Anne, for those excellent reading recommendations. I love a classic kids' book, and my favourite of all time has to be Little Women. Now on We Love Books, it's over to you. It's time for a story written by one of you guys. Today, 10-year-old Lila tells us about the wonderful world of Nibbles the Cat, and this story is in two parts, so you'll have to listen to episode 17 of We Love Books for the final part. My name is Lila, I'm 10 years old, and this is my story, Nibbles Adventure. Hi, my name's Nibbles. My owner's Ollie. He's nice as far as humans get. He feeds me tuna, and I love tuna. I'm a very lucky cat, and this is my story. My life was brilliant. Warm bed by the fire, a lot of things for me to knock off the table, lots of attention, humans treating me like a god. Yep, I had a pretty sweet setup. Until, one day... Some new people moved in up the road. This was very annoying, because I ruled that house. No one's lived there in years. I went over the house to tell those pesky humans to move out, or at least show them I was the superior and I was in charge. So I started walking over to the house. I squeezed through the hole in the fence. I thought, maybe they'll give me a can of tuna while I'm over there. After all, it is the polite thing to do. Yes, if they have any sense, they'll hand over the can of tuna might even give me some salmon, too. I was so busy thinking about all the different food and treats I might get, hey, so would you, that I didn't see the other cat. Oh, if only I had seen the other cat! As I got closer to the house, I was sure I was in for a treat. I was wrong. I got to the door and meowed and scratched at it. Hmm, no answer. Rude humans. Well, I'll come again later. They will have to give me extra tuna or suffer the wrath of nibbles. Hey, I can be really annoying when I want to. So I went back to the gate, but just then I heard a posh, snooty voice. Can I help you? said the voice. I turned around to see a black, glossy cat staring at me. I took one look at the cat and said, Just about to ask you the same question. 
This is my house. Move or else," said the glossy black cat. I was very annoyed. I said no. The black cat flicked her tail angrily. Just then, another cat came. "What's going on?" said the other cat. It was a blue cat and had a dinky pink nose. This riffraff won't leave our property. The blue cat looked at me and started laughing as if I was the funniest thing on earth. Fatso over there, she said. She probably can't even leave because she's so fat she can't walk. Talk about cheek. Okay, maybe I have had one too many cans of tuna, but I'm not fat. I'm just big boned. Ollie told me. Ollie would never lie to me. It's not like he's scared of me. I don't bully him. Wait, there was that one time. Anyway, back to the story. Then I got really mad and said, "Well, poshos, you and your silly humans are fat, stinking snobs, and this is my territory. So you and your humans go away, and you do not deserve to eat tuna." I added for good measure. I thought they would pack their bags and give me their tuna and leave, but for the second time today, I was wrong. I don't know where I'm going with all this wrong business. They were furious. They hissed at me. I was so shocked. I started running, but when you're big bone, that's pretty hard. They chased me around the front door when I saw their humans. And what do you think their humans said? Scream at their cat for chasing me? Help me! Even at least give me some tuna. No, they smiled and said, "Oh, look, our kitty's making friends already. How stupid are people these days?" No offense, Ollie. Well, that's all we've got time for on today's We Love Books. Don't forget, the second half of Lila's story is on the next We Love Books, and that is episode seventeen. Big thanks to all the kids who read, wrote, and reviewed for us. Thanks to Children's Books Ireland, our excellent friends who do such fantastic work and who are so generous in helping us out all the time. To our CBI book doctor Anne for her excellent reading recommendations, as always, and to you, the listener, because we appreciate your ears. Not literally. We don't want you to send us an ear in the post. Thanks very much. We just appreciate that you're listening. Thanks, Emil. Keep your ears in your own head. Thanks for listening, and until next time, happy reading. Bye.